This is the Sneaky Plays Podcast, presented by JokerMag.com, the home of the underdog. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this podcast. All righty then, welcome to the Sneaky Plays Podcast. I'm Brian Contino, here with Joe Duffy, and we are here to talk some baseball per usual. What's going on, Joe? Not much, Tino. Uh, happy man today. Mike Miner's all of a sudden a fantasy baseball stud. So, you know, I'm doing. I'm sitting tight today, feeling good. Mike Miner, huh? Is that something you expected going into the season? No, I mean not like this. The guy's been like, I, the, he, here's the thing. Like Mike Miner, he'll go out and over five innings, he'll give up eight hits, but you only see zero or one run on the board, so it doesn't even matter. Um, yeah, I definitely didn't expect it. He's been a huge surprise. Going to deadline gem for someone. Yeah, I, I do feel like he'll, he'll be on the move uh, decently, you know, within the next couple months. Uh, try to help a contender out. Um, do you think Texas will will ever get over the hump this season, or it's just not it for this year? The the pitching's tough. I We talked about it last week. I I really do love the offense they have there. But the the pitching's just so bad, and now that um, Madison Bumgarner put out that no trade list, which was basically every team that's in contention for the playoffs, um, Mike Miner might be the most prominent lefty on the market for a contender. So I think uh, if you're Texas, that's a guy you're going to have to move off of. You're not really going to have a choice. Yeah, I'm not really sure there's any choice for them to to, to keep them. Um, I mean. Like we just touched upon, it's just not going to be their year, and <laughs> there's just too many good teams ahead of them. Um, but yeah, like you said, the way they're hitting, it's 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 been a it's been exciting actually. Um, not a lot of teams can hit like that. Plus, they they're in that hitter's ballpark too, so that makes it all more the fun. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's recap some stuff that's happened over the weekend. In and I want to touch upon Game of Thrones, man. What what did you think? <laughs> uh, I'm not nearly as upset as everyone because I uh, I understand that they had to rush a lot of things. They had to pack. They had to condense the show into what they probably would have liked to put over three seasons. They had to condense it into like 13 episodes between last season and this season. So I understand that you know you kind of got to fill in the plot holes for yourself. That being said, if you're mad about Daenerys turning mad, what show were you watching? I just don't get it. That was the whole the whole series we've been leading to that point. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, while I don't think like I think a lot of people were just surprised at how like much that the uh, that Drogon was going to burn down the city, and uh, I guess people were just not not happy about that. But I mean, all the signs were there that she was going to do something of the sort. I guess just actually seeing it may may have shocked people a little bit, but uh, I mean it's been a long time coming. I think more people are upset with with the way Cersei uh, Cersei died. Yeah, see, I'm not I'm not upset about that either because the whole show Cersei always got her way. That's what made you hate her as like a viewer, right? Is because no yeah. matter what, it's aside from when she got shamed, she always got her way. And when she got shamed, that was your moment of like. All right, she's deserved this. Let's soak it in. We got it. But for her, 
to go out like essentially on her own on her own terms with Jamie. That's like the perfect way to get rid of the villain everyone hated because on her way out you still like you still get no satisfaction from her. So I exactly I love that. <laughs> yeah, you you still hate her, which is <laughs> and she's not even there anymore. Um all right, so so three predictions before we get into the divisional breakdowns um for the MLB. Uh who takes the throne for Game of Thrones and then I want your NBA finals winner, Stanley Cup winner and then we'll get right into baseball. Oh, okay. Couple easy ones here. Well, the Thrones one, I have a feeling that something ridiculous is going to just happen Sunday and throw a wrench into everything, but I'll I'll take Sansa right now. That's my pick. And then uh for the NBA, I'm not falling off the Warriors. That's who I'm taking. Although I think the Bucks can push them six, seven games, make it tough. And I think the way Boston's playing right now, I think they're going to dominate the Cup, win it in five games. Oof. Yeah, I do think something crazy could happen for Thrones. I'm going to go with – I guess, I think I told you this on Sunday. I think Bran Stark is somehow going to come out of this. <laughs> I'm not sure how or why, but I just have that weird gut feeling. Um, NBA, I'm going to go with the Bucks. Uh I think I think Giannis is just absurd. Um, and then Stanley Cup, I might have to agree with you and go with Boston. Um, as much as I hate to say it, uh, I really don't like them, but they're good. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Any team that Brad Marchand's the face of, you can't get, you can't really get behind. But they've just, I mean, they're dominating right now. They're playing lights out, so it's hard to see them lose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's move on to the topic at hand, the MLB. Um, we will start with the infamous AL East. Um, what do you think uh, has been going on in the AL East, and uh, what are some some teams that are either surprising you or not surprising you? Or anyway, just what's what's your little breakdown of this uh, tough division? Um, I, I guess the team that would be surprising me is the Yankees because still they keep getting it done even with all these injuries. And now the news broke last night and Duhar's out the rest of the year, which is a huge blow. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think their ability to battle through all the injuries, keep putting wins on the board. I mean, only a half game behind the Rays right now at the top of the standings. Um Aaron Boone's for sure got to be the front runner for manager of the year right now. So I, I'd say that's the biggest surprise in the division so far. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. Um, I think the Yankees, having watching them actually like for the past five days in a row for some reason. I mean, they played the Rays three of those days. But, um, I mean, they, they look like a really good baseball team, even without everybody there. Um, and I think I – think, and Duhar came back too early from his injury. I think that's it's it sucks. I don't want to say people should get surgery, but on the on the labrum, I mean, even for hitters, man, they need the surgery. Like you can tell that he just wasn't the same type of hitter that he was last year, and he was actually dragging the Yankees down, um, if you can believe that, because they were still managing to win baseball games. Um, but Gio Urshela has stepped up, and he's been really good like I don't see him going down to triple a at all for the for the rest of the year um he's he's been a lights out player yeah he's kind of forced their hand um I'm with you he's definitely not going down the rest of the year and in fact 
when next year rolls around and you have Andujar healthy, you now have another trade chip. Like, and I'm we're talking like a really valuable trade chip. So the Yankees are finding gems, man, throughout the the organization. I mean, they've had the last few years to to build up that farm system, uh, you know, let these guys develop, and all of them kind of are hitting their stride at the same time. And look, when you get catch lightning in a bottle like that, it can be a scary thing for other teams. And uh, we touched this last week. They're only a half game back of the Rays right now. If they get healthy, I mean, it's hard to imagine that they don't win the division, even with the Rays, even with the Rays' fantastic pitching. Um, now, I don't think the Yankees are going to be 100%, you know, by the really by the deadline. They pro- It'll probably be the second half of the year where they get everyone back. So I think Tampa can still maintain and keep that ground. But – yeah, I mean, the Yankees put themselves in prime position right here through all the injuries. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees have, have found a way to be, you know, around 12th in hitting, which is uh, something that you can easily see go up into the top eight to the top six for the entire MLB. And, I mean, their pitching has been – their starting pitching has been actually a bright spot on their team. And it over the past couple of years, I think me and you would both agree that we've said – their starting pitching's their problem. Their bullpen's great. Their hitting's great. That's how they're winning games. They play in a bandbox. So, you know, Aaron Judge has easy access to home runs. Stanton has easy access to home runs. Even Brett Garner was putting them out there. So Steroids. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> so, anyway, I mean, yeah, I, I do think um, the Yankees are the most surprising team right now. I would have to agree with that. Um I'm not surprised with Tampa. I know a lot of people are like, oh, Tampa's, you know, shocker or whatever. But, I mean, we talked about it before the season. We knew they were going to be a really good baseball team. Um, And then Boston, we said it a month ago, just relax. Um, And you see how good of a team that they can possibly be. And uh, sale the other night with uh, 17 strikeouts in seven innings. So I think it's safe to say uh, he's back. Yeah, I think it's safe to say the Red Sox are back. Um, Not only 17 strikeouts for sale the other night, but a loss in what was probably the weirdest baseball game ever played. But, um, yeah, look, when I I was watching the Red Sox last night, and back to back to back, you get Benintendi on a two-strike count, fights one off to left field, goes the other way with it. Next batter, Mookie Betts, slaps the ball down the right field line. Next batter, J.D. Martinez, right center field. Like, the approach they have to hitting, everyone uses the whole ballpark. They're not just three, four, five, middle-of-the-order thumpers. Like, these guys all hit. And to have to deal with that in the middle of the order and then go through, like, Bogarts and Mitch Moreland and the other guys they have surrounding that you still get pop from, man, it's it's almost not even fair to have for a pitcher to have to run through that lineup. So just watching them last night – the the way that lineup even even in a losing effort i mean that the lineup's just coming around the, their issue for me is still and it hasn't been to this point in the year but they they have to shore up the bullpen because it's starting to show already in the middle of may yeah they they ended up sneaking it up and winning the game yesterday um against the rockies but yeah we've seen their bullpen um struggle sorry a that's bit. right 65 you're right yeah but they did lose the previously to the rockies um who are actually playing better baseball, by the way. Much and, better. Yes. But the, I mean, 
look what like you just said the Red Sox lineup man if if it gets rolling it's it's going to be really really tough to deal with um for everybody else in the American League um and if they get that bullpen a couple additions um swallow their pride maybe and and sign some people or get some people uh yeah they'll they'll be uh they'll be right there as always um and then the bottom two uh you know, feeders of the AL East, Toronto and Baltimore. Um, Baltimore, not exciting. Toronto, a little bit exciting, solely because of Vlad Jr. Um, finally got his first home run uh, of his career and then uh, top it off with a second one towards the end of the game um, in San Francisco. And you would, th- it's a little funny because his first two home runs came in one of the toughest uh, ballparks to hit a home run in. So um, shout out Vlad Jr. Yeah, that that swing plays anywhere, man. He, dude, he hit a foul ball the other night, a hundred and twenty miles an hour. You just, you don't see anyone doing that. The kid's nineteen years old. It doesn't even make sense. He, he that swing, everything. I mean, he's he's going to be a stud. Um, here, uh, one thing I wanted to touch on before we moved on. Another guy for the Red Sox that Rafael Devers is turning into an All Star third baseman. Man, he's been phenomenal since they started playing well again. So I just wanted to give him a shout out and touch on that because he's been playing the best baseball of his career so far. But um, yeah, look, Vlad Jr. is the only highlight of the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, You know, Stroman's pitched better at the start of this year than he did uh, throughout pretty much all last year, which is a good sign, but you're going to end up moving off of him anyway. So it's hard for Blue Jays fans to even rally around that. Um, you know, Vlad Jr. is the only thing bringing people to the ballpark right now. So, got to hope he, you know, he, he got hot the other night, popped two out, looked just like his dad doing it. But he's got to stay hot if they uh, if they want to make some money this year. Yeah, so um, I, I do think they're going to need to move off of a couple guys at least. Um, probably Stroman. Um, possibly uh, Aaron Sanchez, and then um, I mean, Adam, uh, yeah, Aaron Sanchez. Sorry, and then possibly Justin Smoke, like we've touched upon before. Um, anyway, so AL East. Um, so it's it's quarter of the season right now between forty and forty five games for for each and every team. Um, so we got three quarters of the season left. Who's your AL East uh, winner for the twenty nineteen MLB season? I'm still going to rock with Tampa. I, I still believe in the pitching and the consistency there. Um, Glass now getting a little banged up doesn't help the cause, but he shouldn't be out too, too long. Um, so I'm still going to rock with Tampa. I believe in the pitching. Yeah, so Glass now is uh, four to six weeks. It's already been a week, so hopefully only three more weeks. But um, knowing the Rays, they'll probably keep him an extra week or, or whatever it is to right. make sure make sure he's right. I mean, he's still a young kid, so um, and with an arm like that, you, you got to preserve. Um, this this is going to be insanely tough. Um, I'm going to stick with the Rays, but like, there's no surprise if Boston or Yankees take this. There's there's none. So. <laughs> Um, I do. I think all three of these teams are playoff teams. So I'll I'll admit to that right away. If these three teams don't all make the playoffs, I'll be very very surprised. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I I, 
almost go as far as to guarantee all three of them make the playoffs. Because when you look at the other two divisions, there's just no depth. I mean, it's pretty clear they're through the three of the best five teams. So I can't imagine that all three don't make it. Yeah, so I'm. Yeah, that's my statement. It's it's all three making the yeah. playoffs, and I'm not like weary about making that that like bet or anything. I really do think it's going to happen. I mean, these these teams are, are are insanely good in in each of their own ways, um, and they can compete with each other, which makes for exciting baseball. So, um, anyway, I, I think I think it's uh, I'm a stig with the Rays, but. Um, I like I said, wouldn't be surprised if it's Yankees or Boston, and then the other two are wild cards playing playing for each other in that wild card game, which would be intense and would be awesome. Um, let's move on to the Central. Uh, how about the Minnesota Twins, man? How about the Minnesota Twins? I mean, we we tried to tell everyone, we tried. Um, they, it's interesting, man, because we talked about that starting pitching before the season as maybe being the only point of skepticism um you know we love Barrios told told you all Cy Young candidate this year but as far as depth goes we just weren't sure but they've kind of found some gems where they're they're getting I mean not you're not necessarily getting seven shutout innings of baseball every night but you're getting a solid five six innings where you're giving your bullpen an opportunity to win games because the lineup's just so damn good behind the pitching. So Minnesota's not only in first place in that division, I think Minnesota's clear-cut head and shoulders better than Cleveland. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I think they're significantly better than Cleveland. Um, and I mean, and like I've touched upon each and every week, the, the stat that just jumps out right off the page is their run differential. I mean, plus 52 for the twins minus three for the Indians minus being in a minus right now, quarter way of the season. It's not good. That's, that's something you need to fix like now, you know, um, luckily they play in the, in the central so they can beat up on the white Sox, tigers and Royals. But I mean, when it comes to the twins, I, I really don't think they even stand like a chance, you know, um, it stinks that Kluber's hurt. It stinks that Clevenger's hurt. So that definitely does, uh, you know, put a damper on their day each and every day that they're not there. But, um, I mean, they need to go out and get some bats and some arms or they're not going to even come close to this division. And like we just said, we think all three AL East teams are going to make the playoffs. The Indians might not even do that, man. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you. I don't, I don't see Cleveland getting over the hump this year. I don't think that's a playoff team. And to, to put that run differential into perspective, to to give you a little look at how much how different the NL Central and AL Central are, the Cincinnati run, Reds have a plus twenty nine run differential. This morning they're in dead last place in the NL Central. The Indians are minus three. They're in second place in the AL Central. I mean, it it honestly doesn't even make sense. Um, that's a team. Look and. Durability is part of the game. It just it is as much as you want to say, uh, like part of LeBron James legacy of being great is the fact that he was on the court every day for all those years in a row, eight straight finals or whatever it was, not missing any games. The fact of the matter is Cleveland's just they're not durable. That's a rotation that's been banged up year in, year out. And if you get a couple guys hurt at the same time, 
this is what happens. Now, they, they've had the offense in previous years to help them through the injuries, but they just don't have it this year. Uh, losing Michael Brantley, uh, you know, guy, guys being down and out. The outfield just – you get minimal production from out there. Um, my, I think this is about the end of the road for this Cleveland team, man. I think it's coming to an end. So do you think it's possibly time – for this Cleveland team to move on from some guys um, and uh, possibly start like a five-year type of rebuild thing. Um, maybe let the Chicago White Sox have a little bit of fun over the next couple of years while they take the back seat. Um, I mean, they do have the Cleveland Browns who are revamped. So uh, <laughs> Cleveland could be happy about something. Yeah. And John Beeline going to the Cavs. Don't sleep. Um, but now nah, I'm with you, man. Um, I, I was, one of the people who thought in the off season that it would have been smart to move off Kluber. Um, you know, he's already in his thirties, not getting any younger. Um, you kind of want to get rid of a guy like that at peak value, especially if you know, you're going to be worse than you were last year. And I mean, let's be honest, if you're Terry Francona, you kind of had to have an idea that this team isn't as good as the teams you've previously had. So, yeah, I mean, I think they should have moved off Kluber already. But now as the season gets deeper, Minnesota extends that lead some more. You you have to highly consider becoming a seller by the deadline. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, I'm not going to doubt – I'm not going to ever doubt Terry Francona. But my pick for Yale Central to win it, as we all know, the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And my pick for the AL Central – Winner in four years is the Kansas City Royals. In four years, all right. Yeah, I'm all here. Right. I'm here in front of, <laughs> out in front of all you White Sox fans who think it's a foregone conclusion. They got it. I'm here to tell you that's not true. All right, you heard it here first, folks. The Kansas Nico City Lopez, Royals. Mondesi, Hunter Doge, Dude, or Renfro. That that infield's gonna be special, man. Nah, it's Dozier. Dozier at one B. Uh, and Whitmer, how about Whit Merrifield? The face, moving to the outfield, huh? Yeah, face of the franchise right now. Moving to the outfield, letting the kid play at second base. You got to love that. Well, he said he's sick of losing. So any anywhere, any way to help the team win, he's he's willing to do. Mm-hmm. So what what a, what a stud? Yeah, I love Whit Merrifield. Love that dude. <laughs> oh, um, anyway, yeah. If we call this the Whit Merrifield podcast, we would. Um, Let's uh, let's move on to the West. Um, also, wait before we do. Did you see Montesi's double play yesterday? Oh my god, dude! To he made it look effortless when when he got up and touched the bag and made that throw. Like first off, everything was just like bang, bang, bang right before a guy a runner got to the bag. But man, that was that's one of the best double plays you'll ever see, and he just made it look like it was nothing. Yeah, I mean, incredible. <laughs> I like. I watched his video. I was like, oh, he's he's gonna somehow beat the guy to the bag at second base. That's gonna be a cool play. And then he like made the throw as he was stepping on the bat. I just literally couldn't believe what I was watching. It was awesome. Yeah, that kid's a he's, he, special shortstop, man. He's he's gonna be a very good player in this league for a long time coming. Um. Anyway, let's move on to probably. Uh, I mean, a decent division. I would suppose. I mean towards the bottom tier of the MLB, the AL West. Um, I mean, the Houston Astros are just above and beyond the best team in this division, arguably one of the best teams in baseball. 
um, nine and one in their last 10 games on an eight game winning streak plus 87 run differential. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're insane. So uh, I'm there's not a lot to talk about um, about them other than that. They're freaking good. Uh, and I mean, they're going to be my divisional pick. Um, what do you think about the Astros? Are they, I mean, are they a 105 win team? Um, maybe even higher than that. What do you think about them? It's, it's either it's them and the Dodgers and then it's everyone else right now. That's, that's my thought. Um, they, they've been to this point, the best team in the American league, but like, it's it's the way they're doing it, man. They just dominate teams. Like Verlander goes back to Detroit last night. He hardly even breaks a sweat and just dominates them. Um, they've already won that division, man. That after Seattle got off to that hot start, they, I think they're already eight games ahead of them right now, or seven and a half right now. So I mean, the fact that we're in the middle of May and I could pretty convincingly say that yeah, that division's over. I mean, it just speaks to how good they are. Um, you know, Altuve's out right now. He's not even playing, and they're getting this production. So it's just crazy, man. They're head and shoulders above everyone else in that division. It's not even close. Yeah, barring some serious injuries to a multitude of players on the Houston Astros, they're going to easily win this division. And you, like you said, they might not even break a sweat doing it. Um, <laughs> George Springer is insane. I <laughs> I don't know what else to say about him other than he's insanely good at baseball. It's just so he's so exciting to watch. Um, you don't have to like the Astros to like him. I think he's he's one of those players where it's like you can watch him day in and day out and be excited to watch some baseball. Um, he's a competitor, hits home runs, steals bases, plays defense. There's not many guys like him anymore in this league, and uh, it's, it's it's great to watch. It's great for baseball. Yeah, I, I think a lot of. Uh... A lot of players on that team kind of echo George Springer. Um, I just think that's an insanely fun team to watch between him, Bregman, Altuve. They kind of – they're all five-tool players. They bring a little bit of everything to the table. Uh, you know, Bregman's not necessarily a guy that's going to run the bases like Springer or Altuve. But, not, I mean, nonetheless, they all do a multitude of different things, which makes – it's what makes them fun to watch, man. That, and that's what's made them so good. Uh, when everyone reverted to launch angle and teams were striking out an insane amount, that was the team that kept putting the ball in play and getting guys on base. They stayed contrary, kept playing baseball, and, I mean, they've been at the top of the league since they put that team together. So, obviously, that front office knows what they're doing. It's a fun product to watch and might be the best team in baseball. Yeah, I, um, I mean, everything you just said is, is 100% accurate. Um, the other teams in this division – I'm not really My sure goodness. where to go, um, but I think like I touched upon last week, I, I still like the Angels to at least make some sort of noise, but I really don't think any of these teams are going to make the playoffs, um, and just like I don't think any other teams besides the Twins are going to make the playoffs in the Central, I just, there's six good teams in this in this league, and uh, that's it. There, there really isn't much more to that. Um, and I don't see the Angels making insane moves to put them over the hump or anything, but I do think they'll at least maybe win like 82 to 85 games or something and just be around. But that's all I could really see, man. I think the Seattle Mariners are just going to go straight down. Um, Texas pitching just will not be able to hold up. 
And then Oakland, uh, just not enough. They just don't have enough. So, um, for me, I, I just think the Angels are going to compete a little bit. But, like we said, Houston's running away with this, and uh, I don't see anyone catching them. Nah, I think a lot of these teams have similar issues, too. There's just not enough pitching, not enough depth. Um, I'm with you, man. I, I'd love to see the Angels rally and put it together and Mike Trout make the playoffs, but it's it's just hard to see happening, and it's hard – it's hard to think that they'll go out and get guys when they still have Albert Pujols on this. You know, they're still paying a ridiculous contract with him. Um, they still got the Upton money. So it's, they just have a lot of money out there right now that makes it tough for them to go do other things. Um, and it's not like they have any guys coming through the system coming to help them. Um, there's not much depth in that organization right now. So I just – yeah, man, I find it – the only the Texas Rangers offense is phenomenal, but they just can't compete in any other way. Um, the Mariners are stick a fork in them; they're done. They had their spurt, but it's over. And like you said about Oakland, um, look, who knows? Maybe they just heat up after the All Star break again, put a ridiculous run together, and make it. But the fact of the matter is, that's the same team we've seen the last few years, makeup wise. And it's the same issue. The starting pitching is a major, major problem, and they're, they're not going to get any help in that department. So I'm with you. This thing's over. Yeah, I, I think even if one of these teams makes a run or something, they're just not as good as the other teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, si- simply put. Um, so anyway, I, I, I would assume the playoff teams, uh, playoff race for the AL is going to be Tampa, New York, Boston, Minnesota, potentially Cleveland hanging around, and then Houston. And then after that, not much. Uh, the AL is pretty weak com- in comparative uh, terms to the NL. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, you're looking at probably six teams competing with maybe, you know, one, one team lingering, hanging around for a little bit. But I think for the most part, these five teams that we see kind of running the show right now, those are the five that are going to be there at the end of the year as well. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's, let's move on over to, I mean, the NL, which is just ridiculously good this year and has been for, for quite some time, actually. Um, We'll start with the West and uh, we'll start with those Dodgers that are just um, like you said, right up there. Dodgers that just can't be stopped. Man, I just, it's the whole, you don't get a break going through that that lineup any day. Um, you know, it's Turner, it's Ballinger, it's Muncie, it's Seager, it's this guy, it's that. Like, you just have all-star after all-star after all-star on that team. Um, outfield depth, infield depth. They just, there's no weaknesses. There's no, if someone if someone gets hurt, it's next man up. And that next man up is usually pretty damn good. Uh, at least in comparison to every other team in the league, that that's easily the hardest team to pitch to in baseball right now. I think they make it more difficult on opposing pitchers than anyone else. And look, when you're getting starts like you get from Maeda last night, it, it makes life a whole lot easier on a team like that. Yeah, I mean, if, if Maeda and, and Ryu are in a pitch how they've been pitching, um, they're nearly unbeatable. This this team is, is something special. Um, they straight up mash. Uh, 
took three in a row from from the Padres. Um, I mean, this you know the Padres competed, but you knew the Dodgers were going to win each and every game that they played against each other. Um, but yeah, the Dodgers. Uh, I don't really see them losing this division either. Just like I don't see the Houston Astros um, giving it away. And uh, I mean, the other teams in this division um, out of Arizona, San Diego and Colorado, I think we're still, we're still on Colorado for now. And, and I think we have to be. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm still on Colorado. They've, they've picked it up recently, put themselves. Um, I, I don't want to say in a position where they're, Look, I think that division, much like the AL West, is done already just because the Dodgers already have such a big lead out over Colorado. But Colorado's at least put themselves, I think, 20 and 22 right now, um, getting close to that 500 mark again. Throw themselves right back into the wild card mix and at least get back to the top of this division underneath the Dodgers and compete. But, yeah, I just – the Padres, the Diamondbacks – um, it's, there's just not enough there. The, the D backs have got Granky's been great recently for them, which is awesome because you can move off that contract now if you want. But that was a team that we talked about before the year. We have no idea where the offense is going to come from. Well, apparently everyone decided that in April, they were going to become a silver slugger award winner. It's things are starting to cool off now. Offensive productions going down a little bit. They're still hanging around, but their fall-off's coming soon. And then I think I just think there's too much youth in San Diego. Um, it's hard to see a young team like that uh, out-compete a Rockies and Dodgers team. That Those are two teams that have been there the last few years, a lot of experience. Um, so, I, yeah, I just think Dodgers, Rockies, and then everyone else. Yeah, I, I think the Padres uh, rely on the home run a lot and that's going to be their downfall for this season anyway but I do think they have a bright bright future um but like you said I think the Rockies just with their experience uh of battling through one through the 162 and the 163s um uh, the Rockies are gonna find their way um up next behind the Dodgers I don't think they'll ever surpass them this season I don't think that's in the cards but I do think they could start competing um, we saw them compete against the Boston Red Sox. Um, that was actually a really fun series if, if you didn't watch. But, that you know, that's some great baseball, and that's Rockies baseball. I think, I think they'll be there, um, and I'm pretty confident in that. And I'm pretty confident in saying that Arizona is going to drop to three or four in this, in this division. Um, while I do think they'll compete for the entire season, uh, their falloff is, is, is ahead. Um, but anyway, pick for this division, the Dodgers. Um, I'm assuming you agree. Yeah, you can. Uh, you could put that in with Sharpie there. I just, I don't, I don't think that it's even feasible to think Colorado could come back at this point. Just too slow of a start. Dodgers got hot, and unfortunately for them, the Dodgers aren't really going to slow down. So yeah, for sure, the Dodgers. All right, let's move on to. The Central. Um, what a division, number one. And two, what has happened to the St. Louis Cardinals since we gave them some love a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I, I think that's what what happened. They they got the Duffy jinx. Um, 
I heaped praise on them. The bullpen, the starting pitching, lineup, everything. Everyone got love. And then all of a sudden they, they turned around to try to make me look bad. Um, nah, I mean, realistically, look, I think the cream always rises to the to the top. And the fact of the matter is the Cubs are just probably the most talented team top to bottom in that division. And while it's still early, um, you know, they made their move. Uh, now, I don't think the Cardinals are about to, you know, have some drastic fall off to ha- start hanging out with the Marlins. But when you're competing in a division like this and you got the Brewers and the Cubs winning games right now at a high clip, it's just hard to hard to see fall off like that. I, I don't even want to say fall off, just a week of really, really poor baseball. Um, you had the division lead. It's it was just evaporated like that. So, um, yeah, I think the car, the Cardinals, if they want to win this division, man, they're going to have to, you're going to have to hit the ball with the Cubs and the Brewers. That's just, it's, that's what it's going to come down to as much as we, me and you love to talk about pitching. The Cardinals are going to have to put up the offensive production that those other two teams do as well. Yeah, this, it's going to be tough for the Cardinals. Um, I'm, I'm still high on them. I still think they're a very, very good baseball team. Um, so I'm not going to give up on them, um, especially because they're only three and a half out, um, right. which could change in a week, as we've as we've seen. Um, but I mean, this division, top to bottom, is is something special. Uh, I mean, I mean, the Reds aren't playing, you know, great baseball, but like you touched upon earlier, they're plus twenty nine run differential. Sounds that's not easy to do. Um, you see their the success of their pitching. I don't know if it's, it's sustainable for the entire season, but I've, I feel like eventually their bats will turn around a little bit um, and they'll they'll stay kind of the team that they are hovering around 500 for the year. So if you they get all five teams over 80 wins, I mean, I think that's a, like that's an insanely successful season, successful season for a division. Um, and I mean, it's it's going to be fun to watch, and I like like we said, you know, these teams like the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals need to beat the Pirates and the Reds, but it's not going to be easy. This is going to be battles each and every series from each and every team, you know, across the whole 162. So exciting baseball in the NL Central. Um, hopefully, the Cardinals can turn around a little bit. I wouldn't even mind seeing the Pirates making some runs. You know, I mean. It's it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a lot of up and down, a lot of switches at the top, unlike pretty much every other division in baseball. Um, maybe the NL East. Uh, well, we'll we'll get to that next. But this is a division with a lot of parity, and uh, it's going to be exciting to watch the entire year and see who takes the top. You know, each and every week of the division because I think it's ever changing this year. Um, so, who's your pick? for the division who you think's going to come out on top even with all this parody um I'll, I'll stick to what i said last week um i think the cubs win the division and i think that they get the nl central gets three teams into the postseason this year um look i just i think milwaukee chicago and st louis all have the ability to win you know somewhere between 90 and 100 games um now, don't get me wrong, it's that division and the NL East, they're very similar in terms of uh, competition and depth, and the NL Central's actually probably deeper. 
but I, um, when it comes down to pitching against the Cincinnati and, you know, Cincinnati has been good, like you mentioned, but I don't think that's sustainable. So when it comes down to the stretch, I just, I trust the starting pitching in those teams to get it done, done against the Reds, against the Pirates and against the lower level teams in the national league. Um, that being said though, I'm not saying that with, you know, I'm not pumping my chest out saying that because as you alluded to, there's just so much parity in this division. The Reds are a plus 29 run differential in last place, which all that means is they've lost a lot of close games. They could just as easily be, you know, plus 29 at the top of the division. So that's, that's one of those divisions where every night, every game, it does matter. Um, that's the grind of 162, man. They talk about it all the time. That division, you're grinding every single day. Every game matters. So if you're a fan of an NL Central team, there's no days off as a fan. Every game counts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're going to go with the Cubs. I'm going to – I before this season, I picked the Cardinals, and I'm going to stick with them. Um I do think this run is that they're they're this poor run that they're on is a little concerning, but um, I still think they have a lot of depth, a lot of great pieces, um, the money to possibly make moves. So I'm going to stay on the Cardinals. But like I said, it's, it's going to be ever changing for the entire season who's on top. So I think it's really going to come down to 162 and possibly 163 um, in the NL central let's move on to the nl east um not as good as we thought before the season huh no and i mean beating up on each other has some to do with it um but yeah i'm not i'm not making an excuse for those teams they're just extremely underwhelming so far yeah i mean you know uh the Nationals have obviously been the most underwhelming team in this division. Um, we were kind of accurate about the Mets. We knew that they weren't going to be special this year, as a lot of Mets fans were, were thinking they would be. Um, the surprise with me is is the Braves. Uh, I thought the Braves would be a lot better than they are at this point. Uh, do I think they have the potential to be um, better? Yes. Um, but right now, I just – like you said, like, it's not really an excuse to say, oh, they're beating up on each other. It's like they actually they also haven't been beating other teams a lot either, you know. Um, so the Phillies have not played to potential. The Braves have not played to potential. I think the Mets are right where we thought they they would be. And right. then the Nationals are, you know, at the same at the same level where it's just in, injuries have depleted them. And uh I mean, they're they're just in struggle mode completely. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on the Braves. Um, and first off, let's give a shout out to Austin Riley last night who made his debut and absolutely smoked one to center. That's if you include AAA, he's got 14 home runs in his last 19 games. So that is for sure a kid to look out for. Uh, hit the scene like Reese Hoskins did a few years ago, but. Look, the at, Atlanta's biggest issue is a, a starting pitching's not been as great as you'd figure, and guys like Fultonavich are going to take a little while to get going after not having a spring training. But 
to at this point have not to have not shared up the back end of your bullpen. It's like, look, you're a team that won the division last year, made the playoffs. You knew you were going to be in contention this year. That's something that look the the Yankees have spent the last three years just solidifying their bullpen, making sure that that's the strongest aspect of their team. The Braves have done the exact opposite. Every that's by far the weakest part of their team, and that's. That's the part they, I think they need to show up most if they want to make the playoffs back-to-back years. Yeah, the the Braves, man, they just, like I said. And Kimbrell's out there. Go get him. Yeah. I, so, somebody needs to sign him, and I think a lot of these teams are waiting for, for that the draft um, or whatever. But I, for some teams, it might be too late, man. You got to go get this guy. And like we said, you know, earlier in the year, he, he's going to need a few weeks to get going. Um, and at that rate, if you wait till June 3rd, it's going to be July before he starts pitching. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to make moves now. Um, and I do think the Braves, um, they need to do something. And like you touched upon, Austin Riley, I think he's going to be a huge addition to this team. Um, I mean, he just absolutely matches baseballs. Uh, I watched his BP last night. Uh, incredible. Um, like you said, he's kind of like Reese Hawkins, Reese Hoskins with that power, just pure strength and power. Um, and then, I mean, Fulton Davis just has not been himself coming off that injury. Hopefully he, it's not a lingering injury type of thing where he, you know, he's out for six more weeks or whatever it is. I hope he figures it out. Um, but if they haven't, if they didn't have Max Freed step up for them, they'd be in a, a lot of trouble. Uh, yeah, they'd be in a world of trouble. That guy's been – he's been the the lone bright spot so far on this team. He's been fantastic. But to your point, like Sean Newcomb, Tuki Toussaint, these were guys we talked about, like going to be staples in this rotation for a long time. Well, both of them have gotten starts this year, and both of them are out of the rotation just as quickly. So pitching – look, starting pitching hasn't been good. The bullpen's been a bigger issue in my opinion. But that's where they need to share things up. Um, they're not going to move to go get any, uh, bring any arms in. They're not going to move off of younger pieces yet because it's just too soon to tell. But they, you have to let guys get comfortable in your rotation. Like giving Sean Newcomb two starts and then sticking him in the bullpen and then coming back a month and a half later and asking him to start again. Just you got to let guys get in a rhythm. Um, you know, I almost think they have an issue with. They have too many good starting pitching pitchers to where they don't even know who should be in the rotation, who should be down getting work, who should be doing what. So managerially, I think they need to figure things out. And, yeah, if you're in that front office, bullpen pieces are something you need to be looking at. Yeah, you would think that uh, having too many starters wouldn't be an issue, but um, pitching is just nothing more than a mental case i mean if you're going from bullpen to starting to you know whatever it is bouncing back and forth it's not good for someone's for for someone's psyche especially pitchers man pitchers are nut jobs um you can't just keep doing that to guys uh they're not going to get into a rhythm that they need you know you you prepare differently for starts than you do for relief appearances like there's a lot more than just like throwing the baseball it's it's a whole mental game and um, I'm not sure that um, 
the Braves are aware of what they're doing to some of these guys and uh, and messing with their 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 psyche. So I think the Braves, like you said, need to be more consistent with who they throw out as starters, who they you know move to the pen, try to keep it permanent um, for as long as they can anyway until injuries or something else happens. But I think the Braves are you know just a couple like a couple screws away from from uh, finishing this thing off and being the best team that they can be. Um, I do think this is actually going to be a two-team race with the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, what about the Philadelphia Phillies do you think is going to keep them over the edge or make them fall? Um, well, here's the thing. If they haven't fallen yet, they're not going to fall. Um, Aaron Nola has just not been Aaron Nola to start the year. He's had a couple starts where he's been – He's looked like himself, but for the most part, fastball command hasn't been there. It's been tough. Um, Jake Arrieta in the same boat. Fastball command hasn't been there. Haven't been getting good starts from him. Um, you know, another case last night. Bryce Harper's hitting 219, I think. Um, you know, he hasn't been the best version of his self. I just, when you're talking about arguably the you could argue those are three of the four most important players on the team who have underperformed by a lot to, you know, to their expectations to this point. And that team's still in first place, still getting a ton of offensive production and still winning games. And they're getting good starts from guys like Zach Eflin. Uh, Cole Irvin came up on Sunday, pitched a phenomenal game in Kansas city. So I think that if the Phillies are where they're at right now with, you know, by not even coming close to playing their best baseball yet, I just find it hard to think they'll ever fall off at the, from the top of this division. I think, uh, I think they're in a prime spot to, to run the gauntlet, go beginning of the year to end of the year in first place. Yeah. I, I still, I still like the Phillies. Um, and we, you know, we see with Bryce Harper, I think he's going to turn it up eventually. Um, it, it has not been good. He's been striking out at a higher rate than he's ever struck out at, um, which is not good to see, especially after signing such a huge contract. Um, and uh, Morris and Dom on the other podcast touched, touched upon this with the city of Philadelphia. There's no more basketball. There's no football yet. Uh, it's all Phillies now. And the pressure is going to start turning up on, on Harper harder than he thinks uh, going into the rest of the season. I think he, he's fully aware of, you know, the expectations on him and, and what the city, how they're going to react to him. He, he's fully aware. Um, and look, while, while, the D, or while the offense hasn't been great, he has gotten at on base on a high clip still. Um, he's still giving you, while it's not, you know, high end production, he still is producing to an extent. And over the course of the last, you know, week, two weeks, he's really put it together defensively and played like a really, really solid right field. So even though he, it's not happening with the bat, he's putting the effort in to, to make it happen elsewhere. And I think, uh, you know, even though he's going to be in the limelight with the, those other seasons around, Philly's a city that's at least going to appreciate the hard work, knowing that uh, even though he's struggling, he's still going out there every day and busting his butt. So I don't think 
I don't think that's going to become a, as big of an issue as a lot of people might think it will. All right. Um, that's fair. Um, but yeah, you did. His defense has actually been good, which is something that's never really been that great in his game. Phenomenal um, the last two nights. Phenomenal. Yeah. So that that's good to see that he's actually still playing hard um, in the outfield. Um, something you would think that after signing a huge contract like that, he wouldn't, but um, you know, it's, it's good to see. Um, so your pick for the NL East is still the Phillies. Yeah, I'm still rocking with the Phillies. Um, I'm with you. I think that the Braves are going to be the team that gives them the most trouble. I just think as the year goes on, Harper kind of gets his groove more. Nolan Arietta start coming around. The, the Phillies are going to end up running away with the top of the division. And then right. for me, for me, then, it's the Braves. Um, two-team race, Phillies and Braves. I think the Nationals are just have been too depleted. The Mets are the Mets. Um, and how about them Marlins, man? Maybe they'll make a comeback. The, the Marlins were actually designated for assignment. They will not be back this year. <laughs> you know, they just played the Rays. They just played the Rays, yeah, and they did not day. score shut out. in two games. Yeah, but the bullpen day, um, the last game of the series, they got shut out. Or, or do they play again today? No, they got shut out two games yeah. in a row so against the Rays. Yeah, that's something. Charlie Moore two nights and... ago, though. That was, that was the easiest bet of the MLB season. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, um, so that concludes the NL East, and that, that basically concludes the podcast. Um, just want to say uh, shout-out to our boss, Tyler O'Shea, for um, his Hustle and Motivate podcast. You can find that also through jokermag.com. Uh, reminder to follow us on Twitter at Plays Sneaky. Follow Joe at Taking the Price. And follow myself at B underscore Contino 23. And we will see you again next week. Um, enjoy some baseball. Thank you for listening to the Sneaky Place podcast presented by Jogermag.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please smash that subscribe button and follow us on Twitter at Play Sneaky.